0: It's The Real Estate Podcast brought to you by Ray White, the largest real estate and property group in Australasia.
1: And welcome to another episode of The Real Estate Podcast. We're talking with Kate Bacos from Kate Bacos Properties in Melbourne. Hey, Kate, welcome to The Real Estate Podcast.
0: Thank you for having me on the show.
1: And how has your year begun for you in Melbourne for 2022?
0: Well, it's been an interesting start. We had a really heady finish and and that was because we had so many auctions and all of our campaigns were really pushed to the back of the year because of our extended lockdowns. And so we saw a lot of activity, but also the buyer to seller ratio eased a little bit in buyers' favour. But the, the start of this year is not really reflecting that. We've got good auction volumes, but not crazy volumes like late last year. And buyers have really come back with a lot of enthusiasm. So we've got a lot of inquiry. We've got long queues of buyers going through properties and I think it's going to be another really busy year.
1: And did you get into the first week of November and have clients of yours say to you, I have got to buy by Christmas time?
0: Uh, I did have a few buyers saying they wanted to buy by Christmas you can certainly give it a good go particularly at that time in Melbourne I always find that November December is a great time to be out there shopping especially as you get closer to Christmas and people's attention spans start to diminish but you've got to then sit through a summer and wait to settle so that's what I always say to people you might purchase before Christmas but you'll probably settle in in summer.
1: And we're going to be having a look at how investment strategy is very different to owner-occupier strategy. And of course, essentially it depends on what you intend to do with them. If you buy a home or an apartment and intend to live in it, then that's obviously called an owner-occupied property. If you plan to rent it to tenants or flip it, it's considered an investment. So Mm. Kate, explain to our audience the strategy difference And the, I guess, the more nuanced aspects to investment strategies?
0: It's a great question. I love this topic. When you're purchasing a home, you've got to make sure you get your criteria right. And the criteria should definitely be defined by you, not by someone with an investor hat on. More people like to think that the home that they're buying will deliver them really good capital growth, ultimately, it's about longevity and loving your home. So it's a very emotionally driven approach and people really have to tap into what they want, be prepared to do a little bit of feasibility analysis. So have a look at some recently sold properties and Just be really certain that you're circling the right areas with the budget that you've got in mind. And so the investor brief, full of emotion, and sometimes it requires compromise. Whereas the investment approach, it shouldn't be compromise. It should be all about the numbers. So you know what sort of budget you're working to, you know what sort of performance you want out of the asset, whether it's capital growth or lots of rental return and not so much capital growth or something in between. You also have to take into account the vacancy rates, And what sort of tenants you're getting in the area and what the the common tenant tenure periods are. So it's a very numbers driven approach. And as soon as an investor's putting on any kind of emotional hat and looking at the property with you know stars in their eyes, they're probably starting to make mistakes without even knowing it. So that's the, the difference between setting your strategy. If it's investment, it can't be emotional. It has to be very pragmatic.
1: Yeah, it's it's an interesting point because analysis and feasibility, when you have something like an investment property, as you say, it's less emotional. But I just wonder versus the home occupied type of investment, a lot of the times the analysis and the feasibility is really lacking, isn't it?
0: It is indeed. It's a, a common issue that I see out there.
1: And setting a budget is critical to being successful in securing a property and avoiding the whole missing out. So understanding how to appraise a property and set a budget is really important.
0: It is indeed. And you mentioned that it's um, critical to having success. Sometimes it's critical to knowing where to stop and having no regret. You don't always have success with what you consider as the right budget. Even the, the best of us who consider ourselves an- analysts can set a price tag and, and the property price result is well and truly above that. If it's going into irrational territory, it's not necessarily something that we should fight for. I think it really pays for any homeowner to, to know what the property really is worth so that they either secure it for the right price and feel great about it, or they let it go for a price that they know was irrational.
1: And it's a good point about the analysis, because all the analysis in the world in this hot property market sometimes just equates to zero.
0: It's not generally, you're not flying blind with it, but you do need to factor in a few things if you're in a rapidly moving market or if the property is really scarce or if it's got a disproportionate number of buyers who are interested in it, because that all of those factors can create a price that's outside of, of where you're anticipating. And you do have to take into account how rare the property is and how important it is to you. Because if you're searching for a very rare product, let's say it comes up twice a year, well, if you let it go because you were being too rational about your budget, and then you have to wait it out for another six months in a rapidly moving market, you might have regret. You could Look over your shoulder, and think, I wish I paid that extra three percent rather than drawing the line in the sand and in addition to that, if the property is moving at pace, you need to be prepared to overlay that capital growth so for example, if an identical property next door sold for a certain amount six months ago and you know what the market movement has been for the area since then you 've got to be prepared to to estimate that there'll be market movements, so it does involve a little bit of maths. But doing your research is better than doing no research and it's certainly better than just looking at a price guide because price guides don't always tell us all of the information we need to know.
1: And I guess that pre-COVID, particularly at the start of COVID I guess, where the the prices really started to take off and escalate, having those conversations with your clients – where you suddenly see a property that has just gone for way over the analysis price. yeah, It's very difficult having those conversations. If if you go back, say, nearly two years ago, there must have been some very interesting conversations where the client is saying, well, what's going on? You said that it was expected for this price, and then we sort of start to play catch up with what's going on. So it would have been mm. a bit of a learning curve all around, I'm guessing.
0: Well, for a lot of people, as You know, experienced advocates in the field, we can tell when a market's hot and moving. In fact, we get some of those early indicators and indicators include the number of people through a property. You can get that information out of just about any agent. They'll tell you how many groups they've had through, how many contracts have been requested, how many building inspections have been done. And all you need to do is have a look at some auctions, just partake in in spectating and you can see how many people are actually bidding, putting their hands up. If you're getting more than five bidders per auction, that's a pretty pretty busy market. And if you're getting 10, that's a very hot market. So we, we get those indicators and we can see when things are moving. I know that it's always easier to look back in the rearview mirror and say, well, we've done you know, 15.1% for the year 2021. But you can feel whether it's a neutral or a, a rapidly moving market.
1: And what about, say, the first half of 2022? Any sort of predictions? Do you want to be game enough to throw in a prediction?
0: I'm always game enough to throw in predictions as long as I can explain, you know, the basis for my prediction. And I think we'll have an interesting year this year because we've got a federal election. And it's a bit different to the last federal election we had. We had credit issues and a few other crises going like a banking royal commission. and In particular, we had a lot of tax reform on the table that was looking like it it could have been likely and it spooked a lot of people. But we saw a total drop in enthusiasm from investors and from homeowners and the market did drop off and bounce back very quickly as soon as we got our surprise Liberal victory election result. But I think like any federal election, people will get a little bit nervous the closer we get. They usually sit on their hands for a bit. So I am predicting that there might be some buyer opportunity in April, May, maybe, But all in all, I think that we've got still very low interest rates and we can talk about rising interest rates, but we're still in a very low interest rate environment and we have a lot of pent up buyer interest. We have slower building starts and more expensive building projects because of our materials and builder shortage. We're about to open the gates to international migration. So I think in terms of buyer versus seller numbers, I think our ratio will remain strong in favour of sellers this year. I'm predicting that we'll have some pretty strong growth still.
1: Yeah, I think international migration is actually going to be a very big turning point potentially. We don't know, but the migration does tend to make a difference as we know in property.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen a a real embracing of the regions too. I don't think that love affair is about to subside.
1: All right. Well, let's hope that it's a productive uh, 2022. And thank you so much, Kate, for coming on to the Real Estate Podcast. My absolute pleasure.
0: We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast.